Um, all right, let's get into to some of these questions here. We got quite a few, um, and I want to get into as many as possible. The first couple I'm just going to read out to you because uh, they're a little more detailed, but they deal with uh, heart disease and hormones, which which I know is is kind of a sweet spot of, of yours. And this first one is actually um, from a patient. Um, currently, it's I'm a patient of Dr. Rogers and Patrick. Uh, shout out to Patrick and Kingsport. I have been on Ozempic since October and have lost 40 pounds. I am a heart attack survivor and breast cancer survivor. I supposedly have coronary artery disease and have a stent in the front of my heart. I take 25 milligrams twice a day, metroprolol, 20 milligrams lisinopril, 2.5 milligrams amlodopamine, 40 milligrams atorvastatin, and a baby aspirin. Uh, for heart plus 20 milligrams. Man, you just managed to mess up the pronunciation of all four of those medicines she's on. <laughs> I'm telling but you. But anyway, that, okay, that's I know the what danger. you're talking about. I okay. know what you're talking uh, You know what I'm okay. talking about. And it, it actually, yeah. it gets you into. You got a... the aspirin right, but the other ones are wrong. <laughs> Uh, people in the comments, give me, give me, I, I need some encouragement here. These words are, are difficult. Um, but this is, it's actually a really interesting question because uh, it, it, it goes to, I saw my cardiologist this week, uh, not impressed. He basically listened to my heart and spoke with me briefly. I spoke to him about reducing the <laughs> atorvastatin, uh, as I do not feel comfortable taking it with new research on statins. He said to reduce it to 20 milligrams. I asked about taking omega-3s and EDTA. Uh, he said they were new snake oils. <laughs> so uh, as he was walking out the door, I asked him about having blood work. He said there was no need to just keep doing what I'm doing, and he would see me in 18 months. Um, so he has not done any blood work on me in many years. So the question is, if, I'm, if I am putting, being put on all these medications into my body, shouldn't I have a lipid panel and maybe liver tests? What tests, blood or other, should be performed when you have coronary artery disease and taking all these medications? Uh, and, it, and it ends yeah. by, do you have a recommendation for a cardiologist? <laughs> yeah, I know some great cardiologists, and uh, there's certainly some great ones around here. But I do. from what I'm hearing, you should find a new one for sure because you need one that will listen to you. And uh, obviously they didn't care much about um, listening uh, to your concerns. So... Um, there's a lot of, lot of good things that will hopefully come out of this question you've asked me. Um, so you've had a stent. You do have coronary artery disease. Yep. I mean, at a certain age, we all are going to have coronary artery disease or atherosclerosis. And we'll all die with it, hopefully not of it. But, um, but anyway, if, you've, if, it, if it went to the – you had a heart attack and then had a stent, so you had some blockage going on. So you had too much of a buildup and it caused a blood clot and through inflammation and that artery closed off to a certain extent and you had to get it opened um, and you have a stent. So you do have coronary artery disease and there are certain things you need to do because of that, um, obviously. Um, the medicines you're on are quite appropriate. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a, totally against statins for everybody. If I'd had a stent in my heart, I would take a statin, but I would take a low-dose Crestor. And I would certainly look at my blood work. You don't know what it's doing unless you check the blood. You need to come in for a Cleveland heart panel, and we'll discuss. Uh, I'll listen to you and, and have some suggestions, and I'll get you a, a better cardiologist because uh, there's plenty of them around here. Um, but yes, I would probably take a low dose statin. The problem is if you get your cholesterol too low, um, and by the way, it will deplete your CoQ10. So that's another one of the snake oils you need, um, which is not snake oil. And those aren't old snake. Those aren't new snake oils. Those are old snake oils. They've been around forever and they do work as far as the, uh, EDTA and, the omega-3s, but you definitely need CoQ10 if you're going to take a statin. And if I'd had a cardiac bypass or a stent, I would take a low-dose statin. Sometimes I use just a little bit because there is some evidence that it helps reverse some atherosclerotic plaque. Um, but you really do need more advanced blood work, not just a cholesterol, HDL, LDL. You need, you know, the particle size. You need the APOAB. You need the LP little a. Um you need the oxidized LDL. You need, more importantly, to see what your insulin levels are. Um, 
so you know the role of cholesterol in cardiac disease has been way way overstated but um you know due to your condition you're going to need to take a few things like you know you're on a beta blocker you're on an ace inhibitor you're on a blood thinner in the aspirin and you're on a calcium channel blocker now those those are for your blood pressure but they also have protective um rhythm effects for your cardiac rhythm so i mean you're a heart patient for sure um but you know you don't really need to be uh you don't even really need to be seeing a cardiologist unless you have something acutely going on you know and definitely don't need to be seeing that one because um they sound like they're not only uncaring but they're not very knowledgeable either sometimes you know sometimes you're a specialist they, they care about one thing and that's a procedure to open up that coronary artery which can be life-saving but they don't, some of them don't care about the follow-up, you know, but a lot of them do. There's some really great um, cardiologists. I, I loved Dr. Beckner, somebody just wonderful person, as well as a caring cardiologist who cares about nutrition. Um, so he's fantastic. I'm, I know so many good cardiologists in this area. We're blessed when it comes to cardiologists here. Yeah. You just got, you know, you, unfortunately you, you ran into a, a bad well maybe he had a bad day or she had a bad day i don't know but everybody has bad days um so you know certainly come in and get your cleveland heart panel it is true that statins can affect your liver they can deplete your coq10 levels and more importantly you need to look at your insulin levels and, and a lot of other things your hormones your cortisol your adrenals we need to make sure you know you're staying lean you're exercising and your hormones are right so you just need a, a a fresher look at it, uh, for sure. Um, so I hope that helps you. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully well, you can get to see somebody like a good cardiologist or somebody that, um, you know, in our practice, maybe like me, I'll hopefully take time with you and, and I'm open, but, um, it's not, um, it's not omega threes and CoQ10 and EDTA are not snake oils. They work. Um, but uh, so I hope that helps you. Well, it's such a great question, uh, and we really appreciate, um, you know, sharing those details because I, I, it's it's not just for you. There's a lot of other people out there who are in very similar situations. Uh, so I had a great I had a great story a few years ago. Um, you know, now I run the Cleveland Heart Panel. At that time, I ran the Boston Heart Panel, and uh, very, very similar, similar, by the way. So very, don't very don't similar. Too, yeah, those are the two best heart centers in the world. Harvard and Cleveland Clinic. Um, but anyway, when I ran the Boston, um, I went over it with this gentleman who'd had, similar to you, he had a stent in the previous MI, and I ran a Boston on it and, you know, went over it in detail with him. And um, I said, are you following up with a cardiologist uh, routinely? And he goes, yeah, I have an appointment next week. And so I, I said, well, listen, take this Boston heart panel and you know, share it with your cardiologist. Sure. He'll want to see it because, uh, he won't, that way he won't have to do any extra blood work on you. I'll be there. So he said, okay. So he did that. And, um, about a month later, he comes back to see me for something else. And I say, well, had your cardiologist visit go well? And he says, no, you know, I'm, I'm getting rid of my cardiologist. And I go, why? He says, because when I showed him the Boston heart panel, he took one look at it and threw it in his garbage can and said, this is BS, and walked out of the room. And I was trying to figure out why in the world he would do that. It was just insane. Um, and I actually, I talked to one of my cardiology friends, who's actually a very good cardiologist who would take the time and explain things. And like I say, we have great ones around here. Then we have bad ones too. But, but anyway, so we were trying to figure out why he did that. And we both came up with the conclusion that he did it because number one, he didn't know how to interpret that blood test. He, he wasn't familiar with particle size of LDL, HDL, APOB. He didn't know how to interpret it. And then, and the other possible reason why he didn't want to take the time and he didn't know. And then maybe he wanted to run his own blood work to generate money from it. I don't know, but it was a totally inappropriate thing. That patient never went back to that cardiologist. And, you know, that's just, Guys, there's there's bad docs out there. <laughs> there really are. Just like there's bad, bad plumbers or bad teachers. Yeah. yeah. There's good and bad. You just got a bad one. Get a new one. 
one that will actually talk to you and actually cares about you and has has an open mind. Well, and, and one I'm kind of thing- like an open skeptic myself about a lot of things. But, um, yeah, get a new doc. And you talk a lot about, um, you know, staying up to date and um, keeping up yeah. with, with everything because – uh, that's, that's, there's new stuff coming out every single day and you want a doctor who's, um, mm-hmm. who's staying, staying current. Um, so let's yeah. get to, uh, uh, some more questions here. Um, let's, this is, I, I believe this is a somewhat of a common question this week, um, dealing with, um, snake venom, I believe. Uh, I find it interesting that all the symptoms associated with COVID-19 infection, long haulers and vaccine injuries also can be found in venomous snake bite victims. The question is, are monoclonal antibodies also used as anti-venom? And do drugs such as corticosteroids, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine also work as anti-venom? Yeah, you've obviously watched that documentary, In the Water, and uh, which, although interesting, doesn't have a lot of great science behind it. Um, monoclonal antibodies sometimes are used for that. Um, steroids are used for that. I'm not... You know, I've never given ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine as an anti-venom when I used to work in the ER. Um, so I'm not so sure about those, but, um, you know, they do have a lot of other great properties to them. But, you know, if you, you should um, subscribe or at least get in your email, the uh, Children's Health Defense uh, newsletters. It's, it's written by Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, son of Bobby Kennedy. Um, and he's a, he's a real smart guy. He, he's really um, kind of leads an effort against the, the vaccine. He really hates the vaccine. And uh, he really does a lot of research with, he's not a doctor or a scientist, but um, he's done more research than about anybody on vaccines and COVID and, you know, all the fallacies that we've gone through. <laughs> he published a book about Dr. Fauci, the real Anthony Fauci, which is an interesting book. One of my patients gave it to me. But, um, you know, I looked at that and, and um, you know, if you read his summary of it and some of the top scientists uh, that he uh, corroborates with, then, you know, it's just, it's just not too substantiated. Um, I mean, there's going to be similarities in a lot of things. Um, but so, you know, just don't get too far out on one, one side of the thing where, you know, you think that, uh, everybody's going to die in two years that got that vaccine. I don't believe that. Um, so just use common sense. Don't get too far out on one side. That's one of the problems with, you know, this COVID deal is you get too many conspiracy theories and, and then you get on the other side, people that think the vaccine will heal anything is works good. So, you know, just try to use the common sense and don't get, you know, if you, if you go down the weeds with anything, you're going to come out, um, you know, not making sense of anything. So, you know, I'm not going to worry that my friends that got the vaccines are going to be dead in two years. I'm not going to, you know, say goodbye to them or anything because I don't think they're going to die because they got that vaccine uh, in two years. So, uh, but monoclonal antibodies are, you know, used for a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, You know, um, a lot of cancer, um, anti-cancer things and certainly they worked uh for COVID-19 to a certain extent some some did <clears throat> they're not too effective right now for this current strain I don't believe but um so you know and sometimes it just takes time and experimentation to see what works well I'm a huge fan of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine of course both of them um steroids I took steroids so um but don't get too, you know, too worried about, you know, drinking snake venom right now in the water. So be careful. Have you have you done any research on the um, nicotine gum? Uh, um, there's there's some good effects from nicotine. Okay, there really are. You know, uh, we told a few people with COVID to take it. Um, so it has some anti-COVID properties. It probably nicotine. You don't want to smoke it, but it has a lot of good properties for your brain too, as well, and maybe treating dementia. But uh, but yeah, a lot of repurposed drugs work for a lot of different things. So, 
All right. Thank you for that question. Thank you for the answer there, Doc. Let's go to um, let's do a, a gallstone question. I've recently been diagnosed with gallstones. My worst gallbladder attacks occur when I start my monthly cycle. Can gallbladders attack? Can gallbladder attacks be impacted by hormone levels? Yeah, your cycles can impact anything. Uh, they can impact your gut, which you know more likely it's it's something you're eating. Now, gallstones are tough. You know, if you're young and healthy and you have a bunch of gallstones, you, you're symptomatic from it. You might think about getting it out. I mean, there are certain things that we talked about, certain um, kind of over-the-counter things that may help you dissolve some gallstones. If you talk to your surgeons, uh, they don't think they work. But um, I don't know. You know, I'm not against having your gallbladder out either. Um, so one of my patients today, as a matter of fact, uh, I called to check on them. They just had their gallbladder out and they already felt a lot better and they'd been symptomatic for years with it. So I'm not against, um, you know, taking your gallbladder out for sure. It's a very common operation. Back when my dad took them out, you'd have a, you'd have a uh, scar that long You'd be in the hospital for a week. And my brother started taking them out through the laparoscope. You'd have your gallbladder out early in the morning. You'd be home at your house eating lunch that day. So mm. it's not a huge deal to get your gallbladder out. Now, sometimes after you get it out, you're going to need to take digestive enzymes and things. So, I mean, obviously, if it if it's happening with your cycle, then, yeah, it's, it can definitely be affected by your hormone levels. So you need to get them checked, preferably on between day 19 and 23 of your cycle day one being the first day of your period. And, you know, we can look at it. You may have low progesterone and all you need some extra progesterone, which, which is a treatment for many ailments uh, in women. So uh, look at the hormone levels and, you know, certainly there's some supplements you can take to maybe uh, calm that down. Certainly some digestive enzymes, whether the supplements will help dissolve those stones. I don't know. You know, possible um, um, all right thank you for that question let's move on uh, to a collagen question uh, this is one I, I missed a, a while back so I apologize about that uh, this the the summary of it is what does collagen really help with and I and I believe they have um, arthritis and have had a, a hysterectomy um, but it comes down to you know what does collagen really help with if I'm spending, you know, a lot of money on supplements, is this something that, you know, needs to be in there? Um, you know, certainly it's, it's not a mandatory supplement like vitamin D is and maybe omega-3s when you check your levels. Um, but, yeah, it's a very helpful supplement. I take it. Um, and at a certain age, your collagen starts breaking down. And collagen really helps with your joints. Yeah. They help maintain the integrity of the structural integrities of your uh, bones, ligaments, cartilages, mostly cartilage, skin, hair. Um, I had a lady today that had just was uh, bragging about taking a collagen supplement, how much better her arthritis felt and how much better she felt, looked, her hair was better. Um, the structural integrity of her skin was better. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and, Collagen is really not that affordable. So it really helps skin and joints, mostly uh, hair, nails, that type of thing. So, so I think it's a useful supplement. At a certain age, if you're breaking down, try it for a while. If it's not helping you, don't take it. When you say try it for a while, what's, what's kind of your... A few months. Okay. Okay, so at least give it a couple months. Yeah, it's not going to work overnight. Okay. All right. Now look at the other stuff, too, like your hormones. I mean, they're... They're important. Um, all right. Let's get to this a good question here. Um, is And I, I'm going to mess this up too. Is bergamot good for reducing small particle cholesterol? And what brand is recommended? Yeah. Um, I like bergamot. You know, not berberine's more for sugar. Bergamot's more for metabolic syndrome. It's really good uh, for cholesterol and atherosclerosis and. Uh, may even be good for your, so it will lower your cholesterol levels um, and it will uh, reduce the small, par small particle size. You know, you want big, fluffy, 
LDL particles, not small, dense LDL particles that uh, can stick to your arterial walls and form more plaque. The large, fluffy stuff's not going to stick. Um, so, yeah, I love bergamot. Uh, as far as life extension makes makes good, you know, wholesale products that I really like. Um, uh, I really like um, the orthomolecular stuff, too. It's a little more expensive, but it's, it's really good quality. Um, Any uh, recommended dosage? Is it all the same? Do you know? I, I, and you just have to look on the label. I, don't, I'm not, I think it's just one a day, but it uh, depends on what what brands you get, I guess. All right. Thank you for that. Life extension and orthomolecular for bergamot. Um, this will be a, a, a quick one. Um, is Ozempic causing hair loss? Uh, we know you prescribe a lot of Ozempic um, for, for weight loss in particular. Um, it's one of those GLP-1 medications we love. Do you see it causing hair loss? Um, I don't have anybody complain of that too much. Uh, I don't mean if I know of anybody that's complained about that, but certainly with any restrictive diet, uh, you can have hair loss temporarily. So if you're losing weight quickly, that's something I notice a lot is hair loss, but it always comes back. Um, that kind of hair loss does. But, um, so number one, look into the other causes of hair loss, like thyroid, um, and estrogen and testosterone, DHT, those things. But if it's Ozempic's causing you to lose weight really quickly, I suppose it could. So just maintain, make sure you're well nourished, you know, with your vitamins and um, certainly get on a little biotin and uh, maybe even some omega 3s. So it could if you lost weight too quickly and you malnourished, I guess it could. Um, but uh, otherwise, I don't think it directly causes hair loss. Um, all right. Uh, I'm getting to see a comment from John here. Any dosage recommendation for collagen off the top of your head? Do you know? And uh, if not, Katie in the in the comments or Rachel can. I just look on the I just look on the recommendations on the bottle because there's okay. so many different forms of it. There's powders, there's pills, there's gummies. And um, um, and guys on YouTube or Facebook, if you um, if you have a particular uh, milligram or, or, uh, dosage for collagen, uh, that you guys like, or is working for you. You can put that in the, in the comments there for John. I take the keto collagen powder, uh, one big scoop. And then I take four, uh, the gummies a day. Um, and that, that's what I take. The keto collagen is the one, the keto collagen powder. Then I take the life extension gummies. So I take collagen. Um, okay, let's get to a, let's see, this is a Hashimoto's questions. Uh, we, we put out a, a post this week, which is what the question is referring to on thyroid. Um, all right, the question is, I have almost every one of the symptoms that you listed for Hashimoto's. I also have pre previous cancer diagnosis of chronic lymphocytic leukemia. I've had a full hysterectomy, both, uh, including both of my ovaries because of the, because the surgeon was afraid of cancer. The oncologist mm -hmm. uh, says no hormones. Uh, I can't be the only one in this situation. Uh, the question is more of, do you agree with this for, in, for the no hormones part? Um, well, I certainly wouldn't go against your oncologist, you know, if they're adamant about it. They may know something different. You've had a hysterectomy. I'm not sure about the status of your breast um, or your condition. So I'd, I'd hate to say no, take hormones, but they have to know the situation better. But um, certainly, um, if you had to have leukemia, CLL is the one you'd want to have because you, you'll do fine with it. Um, you know, unless there's some reason, again, that's why he's an oncologist. He knows a lot more than I do about cancer. So, um, you know, you may want to just ask him why, you know, and, uh, and so on and so forth. And you certainly... You know, you have your levels checked and see where you stand um, and how many symptoms you have. And again, there's also some natural supplements if you're having symptoms of menopause, like hot flash or night sweats that you could certainly take. Um, you know, there's some people that shouldn't take hormones if you've had breast cancer or endometrial cancer. Um, and there's a certain waiting period that, uh, you, you know, between those types of cancer that you want to consider uh, before you even consider it. But um, 
with the CLL, you know, be, not being a leukemia expert, you're going to have to go by your what your oncologist says on that one. So. All right. Uh, thank you uh, for that question there. I'm going to go one more here. This is uh, this got some some details that I think are going to be helpful. It's around progesterone, uh, something you deal with every single day. Uh, the question is: 52 years old, been taking 50 milligrams of oral <clears throat> compounded progesterone for about a year now, and have gained 25 pounds. Most recent labs are progesterone 4.5 ng per mL, estradiol 89 pg per ml um the omni online progesterone to, to estrogen ratio calculator says my ratio is 50 uh 50 to 6 50.6 and that the pe ratio in healthy women should be between 100 and 500 uh hope i'm hope i'm in, interpreting that correct uh which is indicating i'm estrogen dominant two questions here do i need so i need to increase my progesterone and two could i be experiencing estrogen kickback causing my weight gain you know, more likely the weight gains come from too much progesterone. You know, a level of 4.5 is kind of high. You know, I typically like to see an estrogen level about 60 to 80 and a progesterone level of about 1 to maybe 2. So I like that um, estrogen to progesterone ratio to be about 8 to 10 to 1. So, again, I need to look at your particular numbers. But certainly progesterone, if you get too much of it in relation to estrogen, can cause weight gain. There could be other factors involved too, uh, but it's just, I think your level of estrogen was 70 or 80. So that's usually not too high. Um, but I think your progesterone level is too high. Um, I don't know what your testosterone level is, but you know, that may play a role as well. It can aromatize into more estrogen. Uh, so you just need a more complete look at that. And, you know, 50 milligram is not that much. Uh, to give you a level that high, but certainly progesterone is the one that usually causes the weight gain if you overdo it. So I've seen, you know, I have some patients that only tolerate 10 milligrams of oral progesterone. Um, and I'm glad you're getting it compounded because that's the only way you are taking natural progesterone, um, not medroxyprogesterone, which is a horrible medicine uh, long-term. But uh, so look at look at that. Progesterone is the only oral form that I use of any hormone besides DHEA. But I don't like to use oral estrogen or uh, testosterone, but oral compounded progesterone I will use. So look at those numbers. It looks like to me you need your progesterone level a little bit lower. And then maybe look at a few other factors as well. Uh, come in and get a Cleveland or wherever you are, get a Cleveland panel, and that will tell Tell us all we need to know, probably. And look at your what you're eating as well. Um, um, spe speaking of that, thank you for that answer. Um, we've also got a you know a question around weight gain with pellets, and uh, this particular question, uh, where it's a it's a female, they've gained twenty another twenty five pounds, and have been doing pellets for a year. Uh, not to mention they're angry all the time. Uh, and this is something that you know we don't hear a ton of uh, with pellets, but they've been on it for a year and a half. Um, what's your, what's your, in general, what do you see when you're getting those types of symptoms? You're uh, probably getting too much testosterone. You know, I'd like to see the levels, but it sounds like you're getting too much testosterone, especially if you're irritable or angry or you start throwing your husband around like a rag doll, then you're getting too much testosterone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, but anyway, you didn't think that was funny. Ben never <laughs> thinks I'm funny at all, you know. He only laughs if I laugh first because he <laughs> doesn't think I'm funny. Well, know, I, does Katie. She doesn't think I'm funny. I was trying to figure out. Anyway. If, I was trying to figure out if you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to throw the whole like our we got we got a bunch of people here. I, I didn't want to throw everybody off by laughing at something that you weren't yeah, joking. You at. should not throw your husband around like a, a rag doll. If you do that, you got too much testosterone on board. So it's, and you you may be getting some weight gain because of the testosterone. Testosterone builds muscle and you gain weight with muscle. I don't know what your body composition is like, but you need to check your levels and have some adjustments if those pellets are causing that weight gain. I don't know how much progesterone you're taking orally, uh, but it, it's a it's a real balancing act. You know, men are simple creatures. We're dumb, simple creatures. Women are more complex hormonally. So you need some levels checked and you probably need some adjustments. Uh of all of them, but, uh, 
So I'll look into that. There's something, if you're gaining that much weight, something's off. And, and, and the, the angry seemed to be a, a symptom that really stood out to you in terms of the testosterone dosage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right, uh, guys, we're going to jump in here. We got about uh, 20 minutes left. We're going we're gonna to try and knock out as many of these uh, questions in the live comments. Thank you so much to the people who are uh, sending in questions throughout the week. Uh, that lifts my spirits and, uh, gets me, gets me pumped up for, for the Tuesday show. Uh, so thank you for that. We're going to dive in here guys and see, uh, what we've got going on. Um, let's see, this is a liver question from D Lynn. Uh, I have a friend recently diagnosed with early cirrhosis of the liver. Are there any supplements he should be taking? Someone told him milk thistle. Uh, he's a Virginia beach resident. Yeah, definitely. Milk thistle is a good detoxifying liver. I like NAC as well, maybe selenium. Uh, you know, what? what's causing the early cirrhosis, you know, hopefully it's not primary biliary cirrhosis. That's a bad actor there. And um, But, you know, there's several different reasons for cirrhosis. One is too much alcohol. Um, the other one's fatty liver non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, which is common. They both can lead to cancer of the liver. So you want to really look at some things. Certainly those are the supplements I would recommend, but more importantly, make sure you're not taking medicines that could adversely affect your liver. Statins, Tylenol, can be a lot of them. Uh, So certainly I would not be drinking any alcohol um, and I would get my weight lean Look at your medications. Um, take those supplements we talked about, and uh, so it doesn't progress. And I don't know if, if they've had, you know, hepatitis in the past. That's possible. Um, could be medicine do So yeah, that, that's what I would suggest. Jump on it. You don't want cirrhosis. Um, also, do what Dylan says, guys. Hit the like button uh, for those on YouTube. <laughs> Thank you for that, D-Lynn. <laughs> Thank you, D-Lynn. I like that. Um, Sign up for the YouTube channel. That's, there you go. That's subscribe all we really to, like. We su- like it through YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, D-Lynn. D-Lynn recommends it. Um, let's see. I know, and Roel does. We got we got a bunch of people in here liking and 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 sharing the the shows. Thank you guys so much. Um, let's get to, to Mark's question because I, I know we've been uh, – I, I know Katie's been in the comments with a link around uh, methylene blue. Um, the question is from Mark, um, your thoughts on the off-label health benefits of methylene blue. Do you think it offers any advantages in treating long COVID symptoms like fatigue and COVID brain uh, that I'm sure you're seeing a, a, or have seen a ton of over the last couple of years? Saw some of it today. But yes, I like methylene blue. And obviously you've read Dr. Mercola's recent thoughts about methylene blue, which I did. And, you know, we've been kind of looking at that in the past couple of weeks and actually have found a place where we can actually get it because the pharmacies don't have it. Um, you know, it's, it can be a, it's really a prescription medicine, but, um, you, I found that you can get it in low doses over the internet, over the counter. So that's what we've done. I actually put some, uh, I think I put a couple people on methylene blue today. One of them is for post COVID and yeah, methylene blue is an interesting interesting chemical compound. I think it was the first synthetic drug ever made back in the 1870s, I think. And they used it to treat malaria. Um, it's, it's really a dye. It's a chemical. It's a synthetic uh, dye, really. Um, but they found out that it, that it works for malaria. It's actually a precursor to uh, hydroxychloroquine. Um, so it's a really interesting drug. Back when I worked in the ERs, and every hospital in the world uh, will have methylene blue in their ER because it's really the only reasonable antidote to carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, and it also works for cyanide poisoning. Uh, so talk to any ER doctor. They know where it is. In those cases, you give it intravenously in higher doses. But in low doses, it's been found to have a lot of other antiviral properties. But the main thing it does is improve oxygenation uh, of the of your blood cells, your red blood cells. Uh, there's a thing, a condition called meth hemoglobinemia, which you'll get if you have carbon monoxide poisoning and certain other types of poisoning. Uh, 
um, like cyanide. It, it basically just takes all the oxygen out of the red blood cells. This blocks that action so that your red blood cells will get their oxygen to them, so you can deliver them to the to your uh, muscles and organs and brain and everything else. So um, I really think it's a good product. Um, you know, and I think it's very safe. There, you know, if you go in the PDR and look at some of the thoughts about it, um, you know, from the FDA and certain organizations, you know, they'll have some limitations on it. Um, in low doses, I don't think it's going to bother anybody. You want to be careful if you have a rare condition called uh, G6PD deficiency. So if you're going to take it, you might want to get a G6PD blood test. Same thing like we do with when we give high dose intravenous vitamin C and it works better with vitamin C as a matter of fact. So get that, get that blood test uh, just to make sure. But um, there's also some warnings about, um, you know, can you get serotonin syndrome with it? If you're uh, on Prozac or Selex, Alexapro, some of those SSRIs and in higher doses, you could, I don't think it's ever been seen in low doses, that's not something you really even have to worry about. I don't think in the low doses you're going to give it for these things. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is, you know, it's been used for years for uh, recurrent UTIs. So it's definitely not only antiviral, but antibacterial. It works great for uh, treating urinary tract infections. And a lot of research has gone into um, treating people with... Um, uh, Alzheimer's disease with it. It improves cognition. Hmm. Um, and it makes sense that you, your red blood cells would deliver more oxygen, but it also works as an anti-tau protein uh, um, marker. So it kind of, you know, tau is that abnormal protein that's built up in your brain, brain with Alzheimer's along with amyloid plaque. So there's a lot of interesting things and we're actually the guy I put on it yesterday was um uh a long covid uh patient with some you know dyspnea on exertion shortness of breath lung problems still on oxygen so i'm hoping that it really helps him we'll see but uh you know i think it's safe and low doses i think you can get it over the counter off the internet so i'm not against it probably ought to get a g6pd test first just to be on the safe side but you know the doses uh you're going to treat it in are not going to be dangerous um you know dr mercola even goes so far as to say that if you're not treating women in the nursing home with dementia with this it's almost akin to malpractice because you know they get utis and end up in the hospital septic from a uti without the symptoms of a uti as a matter of fact that's the first thing you look for and, and uh, if an elderly woman is going downhill mentally, you better check the urine or UTI. So, yeah, I really like methylene blue. You know, it's you have to get the pharmaceutical grade. It's also used for, you know, as a dye and fabric. And they put it in fish tanks to kind of protect the fish eggs uh, against parasites. So it's definitely anti-parasitic. Hmm. Um, so, uh, and that was one of the, one of the off- label treatments of COVID that um, some people used. It wasn't on the, you know, frontline doctor's recommendations, I don't think, but certainly methylene blue, look into it. Yeah. There's some great articles on it and we'll kind of post a link to this at the place uh, you can order it yourself. Um, I, I think and it's best taken in drops in water and drink the water down. That's, I think that's the best way to take it. Cause actually, you know, the acid in your stomach actually activates it a little bit. A lot of times, a lot of medicines, you take your stomach acid, deactivates it. This makes it work better. Interesting. Um, but it's a really interesting drug, especially as a, as a precursor to hydroxychloroquine. Uh, that's just really interesting. To me. I that is fascinating. I look into it. And, um, and, and thank I think, you, Mark, for that question. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Mark. And, and Katie put uh, a link to it, uh, I believe, uh, in both Facebook and YouTube. So you could check out that comment okay. from Katie. Um, and I'm just going to say, you know, what's up, man? Motaz, what's up? Motaz. How you doing? Um, and Motaz has a question. So I'm going to go uh, to a Motaz HCG question. 
okay. a quick cash question regarding HCG. I watched the recent video by the doc stating that HCG, 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 HCG is back. And I'm a big fan of its benefits. <laughs> Does this mean we can get it now from the clinic? Uh, yes. Yes. We found, finally have U.S. source in Nashville that we can get it from legally. And, um, it's sterile and it's all, but yeah, I'm glad HCG is back, not only for weight loss, but also for uh, testosterone boosting. Uh, so yeah, I really like it. Um, it's back. So if you, you know, it's a good quick way to lose 20, 25 pounds of abnormal fat quickly, and then maybe transition you into maybe even something like Ozempic if you need it. If you took HCG and gained the weight back, you need a plan afterwards. You need something to change and certainly... We'll help you with that. Um, real, real quick, I, I saw a, a comment on um, one of the posts around HCG about taking Ozempic while you're on HCG. You can't do that, can you? You have to be off Ozempic? Um, I'd prefer you not to take it while you're on HCG. Okay. It's not totally contraindicated, but you, you definitely want to, if you took it together, you want to really be on a low dose of Ozempic. I don't know why you would need it with that. Because you're, you're not going to um, be hungry at all. Uh, you shouldn't be hungry, and I, I just don't wouldn't want to drop your sugar levels down and possibly cause some hypoglycemia, which is can be a side effect from HCG since you're on such a low calorie diet. So my recommendation is to hold it while you're on the twenty and you can? six days of HCG. You can just sure. stop the Ozempic. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get to, to Kyle's question here. Thank you, Kyle, for putting this in there. I'm sorry if I missed it uh, over the email. Um, Kyle's question is what are your thoughts on the gut health and on gut health and how it relates to weight loss? Uh, two, I live in Manhattan, Kansas. Is there a practice that you would refer to? Um, well, for the practice part, we, we, off the top of my head and probably yours too, doc, I, we don't know of, of a place in Manhattan, Kansas, but, um, this kind of puts in, into my head. We need to, to, to look for places. I've got a list of cities that I've, I've, had this very same question about that uh, we're trying to um, pull together uh, other like-minded practices. Um, so uh, thank you for, for putting that in there around uh, where you live. Um, so real quick, Doc, what's your, what's your thoughts on gut health and yeah. weight loss? Hey, Kyle, uh, if you live in Manhattan, New York, there would be a few like, like us. But uh, <laughs> um, look for a board-certified A4M doctor, uh, American Academy of Anti-Aging. You know, they're, if they're board certified in that, they, they're going to probably know what they're talking about, um, especially as related to gut health. And, yeah, it definitely relates to uh, weight loss as well as, you know, almost everything uh, from your hormones to your brain to autoimmune diseases. Um, it basically is the place we always start. So if your gut health is bad, I look at that first. I mean, you have more DNA. Those bacteria in your gut, you have good bacteria, bad bacteria, actually comprise more DNA than you have in your own body by thousands of times. So you need to treat those things good. And that means usually um, a good probiotic, a prebiotic, um, and eating the right kind of foods and you know, there's a lot of little supplements and enzymes. Sometimes if your gut's been really messed up, um, we send you to Robin Riddle and get a GI map and map out your microbiome and then uh, look at the pathogenic bacteria and treat you accordingly. Sometimes with gut antibiotics or sometimes with yeast, anti-yeast medications, anti-parasite medications. So good way to start. Most people just don't look at the beginning problem uh with their disease and it's usually the gut so i hope you find a doctor you know uh that's uh knows what they're doing with gut health and weight loss and, and uh, one other thing i'll add there kyle is um there is just a a wealth of information on gut health on shieldnutraceutical.com um that's the website uh of digest shield which is the uh, which is the the probiotic prebiotic and digestive enzyme all in one capsule we recommend um, but they can, man, they, there's just so many different articles on gut health and, uh, lots of things that you can learn. Uh, so I'd highly encourage you to check out their website. Uh, so thank and Kyle, you. I'd much rather live in Manhattan, Kansas and Manhattan, New York city yeah. any day, you know? <laughs>
Uh, Kyle, thank you so much, man. Thank you for being here. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you hanging out with us tonight. Uh, let's see. Let's get to, to Molly's question because I think this is a this is a common one. Um, recommendation if unable to eat all the nutrition my body needs. Um, also, I really don't think I absorb much. Um, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. Um, any recommendations for better nutrient absorption? Um, well, you're probably eating too many donuts, Molly, if I know you. But <laughs> I would, you, won't ever, you ever, won't ever drink a green shake or anything. But, yeah, I mean, you need to, of course, look at your gut health first. You know, you, I don't know if you've done a GI map or not. You know, you can even get a more extensive um, lab work that looks at all your vitamin and mineral levels. But, yeah, you need to get your gut uh, straightened out. And then some people just don't absorb it because they don't break down their fat. So, you know, digestive enzymes, um, I'm sure you hopefully take digest shield, but um, we just need to probably look into it a little more and, you know, stay out of donut shops. You know, that, that <laughs> sugar is not good for you, Molly. Uh, Molly, thank you so much for, for that question. Thank <clears throat> you for hanging out with us tonight. Um, let's see here. I see. Um, okay, cool. So Alice, um, Rachel answered your question. Uh, around the Cleveland Heart Panel. Thank you for that, Rachel, um, who, of course, is in our Johnson City office. And speaking of our Johnson City office, we've got our uh, second biggest uh, discounts of the year happening um, during the Mother's Day week. So if you are a patient or want to be one and you live in the areas where we have offices, um, this is uh, the time to uh, to hang out with us and, and see if you want to take advantage of any of those specials. Um, so check those out. You'll be seeing this flyer all over the place, I'm sure. Just wanted to, to mention that. We've got uh, the Bristol Grand Opening, Bristol office in Virginia, uh, May 6th. So if you guys want to hang out with us, I'm sure you know Katie will be there. I, I will be there. Doc will be there. Uh, we'll hang out. We'll get to uh, hang out in person. Um, so I'll put that up a couple more times. To, at some point, you'll see it. Just wanted to mention it. Um, all right, let's see. Let's get to an, another question here. Uh, where am I at? Uh, we're going to take a few more before we call it an evening. Uh, let's see here from Brandy. Uh, thank you for hanging out, Brandy. Um, how long after I've had COVID should I wait to do and send in my GI map, or does that matter? Speaking of GI maps, um, you know, I made it for a long time before I got, before I got it. It's been seven weeks or so ago. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Um, Brandy, just don't be too keen on rushing out and getting another colonoscopy anytime soon. Uh, but, um, but, uh, and she'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think you can just, you can go ahead and get a GI map. It's a good time. I'd probably wait a month after you had it at least, but if you're still having gut problems, it's certainly COVID can throw off. It can throw off hormones. It can throw off gut microbiome. Um, it really it's in your gut a long time uh, after you have COVID and uh, it can certainly really affect your gut, which can affect everything from your autoimmune health to your brain fog, to your weight. Um, so yeah, I'd go ahead and think about getting my, my, uh, cause you may have some parasites in there. I mean, you know, you may have yeast overgrowth. Uh, you could have some pathogenic bacteria in there so if you haven't had one and you're still experiencing the gut problems go ahead and get a gi map now all mm -hmm. right thank you for that uh kathy's wanted to know if it, we did talk a little bit about dr michael platt you hadn't had a chance to look him up yet have you we'll have to i'll have to put that down here man I need to, yeah i need I'm, I'm sorry if i didn't follow up on that certainly ben's supposed to remind me i know things. Kathy, that's on me. I, I, I wrote that down. We're going we're gonna, to um, look him up, and we'll mention it next week. Um, okay, let's go to Linda here. Uh, does ivermectin uh, help joint pain? Some people think it does. I had a patient today that said they felt so good on ivermectin in their arthritis. You know, I think it does have some anti-inflammatory effects. You know, ivermectin is a, is a multi-purpose drug for sure. Um, it's safe. I mean, I wouldn't blame anybody for taking it a couple times a week. Um, just like HCG, a lot of people that got on the HCG diet, their arthritis went away. Even rheumatoid arthritis got better. 
making you think there may be an infectious uh, etiology to rheumatoid arthritis. I know there is. Um, so I have had some reports of that. You know, ivermectin also is, is kind of an anti-cancer type drug. There's many articles. Robin sent me a ton of them last week. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, I've had people tell me that. It's certainly, um, you know, is, is a medicine for parasites, but parasites cause inflammation. You know, inflammation usually starts in the gut. And so... Yeah, definitely could. You may be one, you know, maybe one that should get a GI map to see, you know, what's going on with your gut because that's probably where it's inflammation is coming from ultimately. Great question. Great question there, and I'm going to put this up from uh, Gian. Gian, I, I I see your uh, your thread here about uh, the test. Thank you so much for putting that up there about getting the coronary calcium score test. Uh, that's something we do uh, highly recommend for for heart health. Um, but Jan has a question around particle size. Um, particle size in, you know, a, a Cleveland heart type test, what does that indicate or what information does it give a cardiac patient? Well, it gives them information about how big those uh, particles, the LDL subparticle of your cholesterol, LDL being the quote, bad cholesterol. But it's not bad if it's large and fluffy. So the size of those particles determine whether they can, um, attach to your uh, artery walls and form plaque. So that's kind of where you get into the, if you have a high APOB number, that means you got a lot of small, uh, dense uh, LDL particle size. If you more have the A pattern, you've got more of the large fluffy. Uh, so, and then you have your oxidized LDL, which is another measure uh, It's bad if it's high. Um, so yeah, particle si size matters. That's what the lesson is, you know, so. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Gian, let's see here. We're going to take one or two more, um, and then we're going to have to, to call it, um, uh, Kathy, a GI map is, is a, a test we run in the office. I, do you know, is it a, is it a blood test? It's a stool test. It's a stool, it's test. A stool test. It's a stool yeah. test in the office and, uh, we send it to, uh, to a company. We don't send it. We give you the container and the instructions. You they collect the stool sample and you send it in. They send us the results. Got it. Got it. So hopefully, hopefully that helps you, Kathy. Um, I'm going to get to, let's see where, uh, a question is, um, uh, let's see here. Um, I want to put this up here just because I, I, I love Rachel, and I, I think I've missed her question before. Uh, my husband works a very labor-intensive job, comes home complaining of terrible back pain, mostly in his lower back. He hates taking medication slash vitamins and is looking for a more natural, non-medication way of helping his back pain. Uh, any recommendations? And then the follow-up is, does flexural cause drowsiness? He has been prescribed it, but doesn't want to take it because he does want to be tired all the time on his days off. Yeah, definitely flexural causes drowsiness. It'll put you out. So if you have acute spasms, you, know, you can take it at night and it'll help you sleep. But that's only for acute problems. It's not for chronic low back pain. <clears throat> Being a low back pain sufferer myself, I can identify Um you know, my, my back, he needs an x-ray of his back just to look and see, you know, what it looks like. My, the x-ray of my back looks as, my back's as crooked as a politician. That's how crooked it is. Uh, I always say that, but it is, it's really an S-curve. But, um, so I, I get therapeutic massage. I get Ernie to work on me. Carolyn works on my back. Ernie works as a physical therapist on my back. There's a lot of good stuff you can do that, you know, that's more natural, um, certainly you don't have to be on prescription medicines for it. It'd be nice to find out what the problem is, what your back looks like. And I do like to get that visualized with an X-ray. And if you have pain or weakness in one of the, the legs and you need an MRI to see if you've got, um, you know, a disc that's pressing on a nerve, but back pain is so common. Um, so there's, there's a, sometimes there's weaknesses to your core yep. that you need to do. You know, I've really knock on wood gotten a lot better with my back just because I do a lot of core exercises uh, on Ernie's recommendations. And I, I love curcumin. Um, I love CBD. Um, and certainly uh, I like um, CBD rubs as well. 
but uh um all right thank you for that uh rachel rachel of course is in our johnson city office shout out to robbie uh shout out to uh rachel courtney and taylor uh who you'll see in the johnson city office uh if that's the office you go to who uh where candy will be candy's coming in thursday candy i'm pumped for you uh you're good don't be nervous don't be nervous you're gonna do great uh you'll have a blast you'll uh, uh i'm not sure who who's in there uh this thursday or not uh, I think Fran. Fran I think will, Fran Fran will there. be there, and you will love Fran. You will absolutely she love. She is her. the best pellet person. <laughs> she, she, she's phenomenal. She has firsthand experience. As a matter of fact, Fran, she wouldn't mind me telling this, but um, she's been a long time patient, and um, she was years ago. She was laying on my table as I was putting her pellets in, and she goes, "Hey, you know, I'm a, a PA physician assistant, don't you?" Oh, you're a PA? Why don't you tell me that? I wish you'd work with me. And so uh, she had stayed home raising her children. And uh, Fran's just brilliant. She went to Duke University. And um, she's just so well-trained and so knowledgeable. She loves the natural stuff and huge pellet believer. So you're going to be – you're you're lucky because Fran is hands. so calming. She's great. You won't even – feel it really yeah and you know she'll balance those hormones and you know if you have any labs of course bring them in with you if you didn't get them checked with us but um fran will treat you right don't be nervous at all don't be nervous candy uh we're we're excited for you um real quick let's let's knock these two out um can i take serapeptase while i'm taking pycnogenol you can they both kind of work in the same way they're both good antioxidants um but yeah you could you're not gonna overdose on those and they're not going inter- to interact uh, would you suggest in that sort of situation would you suggest taking adding one at a time and seeing like if there's any always. difference great point yeah yeah never add two of anything at one time it's, even supplements that are safe because if you feel bad for some reason you know you'll know which one did it so um, great point and Becky on YouTube is oil of, a, I think it's oil of Oregon or oregano good for viruses. Oregano. Yeah. Oregano. Um, yeah, it is. It's very good for viruses. Um, I like oil of oregano for a lot of different reasons. And that's one of them. It's very antiviral. Um, and, a lot of people post COVID on it. But, uh, and Iram is asking, is it bad or dangerous to take electrolytes if you don't know if you need them? No. I mean, your body has an incredible way of filtering out um, your electrolyte drinks or whatever. So, no. I mean, if you start feeling bad, then think about it. But you, you probably exercise a lot, sweat, so it's good to take electrolytes. You know, I, I like BioWhite. Uh, sometimes when I get my infrared sun, I'll just have a BioWhite supplement right there with me. And, and I got you, um, I, I think, for, for Christmas, which is kind of strange that I got you electrolytes for Christmas, but I got you LMNT, uh, which came highly recommended and it has apparently the perfect amount of potassium electrolytes. I'll have to get a package because it's actually, where are those? I must've lost them. Yeah. I got to figure out. I don't know if I ever tried them. I know you, it it was a good gift. It was a great idea. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, do you know where Hiawassee is? Um, have I, have I played tennis? Oh, see. Is that in Tennessee? Hawassee College? In, no, Georgia. Oh, Hawassee, Georgia. Oh, okay. That um, has to be near Chattanooga. Man. I don't know where it is. Um, well, I, I agree. I like the sound of it, though. I know? agree, Aram. I think we need to be there as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, guys, we're going to have to have to call it an evening with that. Um, and, and if I miss something, uh, I'll put this up uh, from Molly. Uh, she, Molly loves Fran. Uh, every, we all love Fran, so I'm super excited for, for Candy. Um, guys, this has been the – oh, shoot, well, look at this. We got Rachel in here. Fran is, Fran is the best. Fran's awesome. Um, you're going to have a, you're gonna have a, a, a great time, Candy, uh, with Fran on Thursday. Um, if I miss uh, – look, look at this, Katie. I remember this day with Fran. Fran is such an awesome, amazing person. Uh, Fran's getting a lot of love tonight. Uh, shout out to, to, to Fran and Johnson City. Um, if I missed a, a comment, I will, uh, I'll, I'll go through it. Um, okay, I, I see you. Let's, let's do this real quick. Um, can you take Digest Shield and apple cider vinegar at the same time? Apple cider vinegar, of course, is one of the car packs uh, in, in today's video. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? You could. I don't, there's no interaction. 
with it at all. Um, I'm trying to think through this, which one you should take first. Um, I'd probably, if it was me, I'd probably take the digest shield first and then take your apple cider vinegar right before or even with your meal. That's probably the, the order I would take it in. Uh, it's, you could it's, take them together. It wouldn't, wouldn't hurt you. It's recommended digest shield 30 minutes before, 30 minutes to an hour, and then uh, apple cider vinegar around 10 to 15 minutes before. Um, and let's get this in real quick because uh, I, I love that Lisa's here uh, this week, as she's, she always is, and I just want to get this in for her. Uh, Dr. Rogers, why is it a diabetic can sit down for a healthy dinner and then 30 minutes later feel like they're starving to death? And you touched a little bit on this again in today's video with insulin, uh, but for yeah. Lisa, kind of just walk her through that uh, real quick. Yeah, it's just, you know, if you feel like you're hungry all the time, then you've got an insulin problem. You know, I don't know what medicines you're on or anything right off the bat, but um, yeah, because, you know, type 2 diabetes is really an overabundance of insulin that doesn't work very well. So your insulin level keeps rising to keep your blood sugars even. So it looks like your sugars are controlled, but your insulin level keeps going up and then you're going to have a problem because you're going to have a tendency to get hypoglycemic, which you may be doing after you eat postprandial. Um, plus, Insulin's a the it's it makes you hungry, it makes you hungry and it stores fat. So you know you may need uh, some medications for that, natural or even something like Ozempic, Berberine. You know, um, and you need to take your apple cider vinegar. And um, there's certain things you can do yeah. to prevent that. Uh, and the podcast today goes into a lot about that, like the order in which you eat your foods. Carbs always last fiber, then protein and fats, lasting carbohydrates, preload with your apple cider vinegar, uh, which what you're doing is getting, you know, you're getting peaks of glucose and insulin, which you want to even those out. You should wear a, a continuous mm -hmm. glucose monitor. I mean, go ahead and get a, you know, we'll write you a script for a freestyle Libre and look at that and see what your sugars are actually doing, you know, every minute. Um, and then after you eat, walk around for 10 minutes uh, instead of sitting down. Uh, so there's a lot of little things you can do. I'm sure we can handle this, but best way to start it out would be to get um, a continuous glucose monitor and see exactly what's happening with your sugar levels. Um, so yeah, that's very treatable. Uh, thank you for that, Lisa. Uh, thank you for being here. And this is uh, from LinkedIn. Uh, Zach asked about ACG and um, the way we look at it is you're looking for a U.S. source from a, uh, a reputable compounder. Uh, actually, the, uh, um, gosh, uh, Katie might put in here uh, where, where we're getting it from. I, uh, do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, 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 pharma, a compounding pharmacy in Nashville. Okay. You know, um, so it's not branded. It's compounded. Now, you can get Pregnil. Uh, which is the branded HCG indicated for, um, you know, fertility. But again, we're using it off label, uh, which is totally legal. Um, but uh, it's, it's expensive if you get the real stuff. If you're getting uh, the, you know, between 15 and $40, that may be a homeopathic brand or somewhere from India or China or, you got to be really careful with that. I would, there's no way I would take something like that. Um, so, you know, we can give you, um, if you would email Katie, she can give you the more of the information of exactly where it comes from and, you know, what the cost of it is. But, um, you know, a lot of stuff, you'll, you know, that you see advertised and, you know, it's got to be homeopathic. It means it probably doesn't have any HCG in it at all. Uh, but, so, um, gosh, I wish you could get it for that, but, um, Zach, Zach, thank you so much for, uh, for the question there. And, uh, I, I, I want to put this up just cause it's hilarious. Um, enjoyed the YouTube show with the doc's other son, the showman. Interesting guy. So he's talking about Andy, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the showman. <laughs> he is the showman. Uh, that, that, that podcast episode was the best with, uh, with him and Lucas. Um, and then uh, Aram's in Blairsville, beautiful Lake Chattoogie. Chattoogie. 
uh, let's see. Bahala asking, when is the show on thyroids? I think we need to uh, do a show on thyroid. Um, we'll probably, uh, yeah, we'll go back through the archives and I've done a lot of stuff on thyroids. If you go back through the performance medicine archives, we talk a lot about thyroid. If you, if you search performance medicine and thyroid in YouTube, we will, we will definitely come up. Um, but we, we probably need to, uh, to, to freshen that up a bit at some point with, uh, with the common sense. Um, but guys, that's going to do it. Um, thank you so much. Uh, let's do this for, uh, for Zach, uh, ACA pharmacy, um, okay. is where we're getting, uh, the HCG from it's, uh, it's not, com it is not compounded HCG. Um, so this is from, uh, a, I guess a 503B or something like that, uh, would be, is that what, what that would be? Well, it's gotta be patient specific, but right. it is a compounding pharmacy. Got it. Yeah. But feel free to look at their website, even call up and talk to the pharmacist. they will be glad to talk to you. Uh, Doc, thank you so much, man. It's been a blast. Thank you, ben. Guys, thank you Have so much. Have a good much. trip to Florida. Ben's headed to Florida to work with the tennis team tomorrow, the Tennessee tennis team. So have fun. <laughs> uh, We're uh, doing the, the SEC tournament uh, tomorrow. We play Thursday. Shout out to the uh, the UT Lady Vols uh, tennis team. They're already they're in Gainesville now. Uh, I'll be joining them tomorrow. Um, hopefully we'll come back uh Come back with some with some W's, um, guys. Thank you so much for for hanging out with us again uh, tonight. We will be back every single Tuesday, 7 p.m. doing this Q and A. If I missed you, I'm super sorry. I'll make sure we get to it. Shoot me an email tonight, uh, Ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, I'll be sure to respond tonight and and uh, and and get you on the next show. Motaz, we love you, man. Thank you so much for being here. Bahala, thank you. Uh, Lisa, thank you. Gosh, guys, you guys are the best. Musically yours, thank you. Uh, Gian, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of you and your, and your husband. Uh, good luck with everything around uh, the cardiologist and neurologist. I uh, hope everything goes well, and hopefully, um, if you haven't checked out the, the um, show on the Cleveland Heart Panel uh, with Robin, um, check that out. Cleveland Heart Panel with Robin Riddle explained this. All right, guys, love you all. Doc, a.k.a. Dad, Love you, man. I'll Bye, see man. you. I'll Let's see say. you later. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.